Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast. Have you been listening? Do you know what sport we're actually playing? Whoa, 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 whoa. I was number nine. Don't be putting me down at number 11. Back in the day, I defeated Dwayne Narak Johnson twice. The Paralympics almost has more power than the Olympics ever will be. He's not really a fun kind of guy. doesn't really like people. Come on then, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast with me, Adam Millichip. I'm joined as always by my colleague and good friend, Nigel. Hi, Nigel. How are you? I'm feeling good. Thank you very much, sir. Adam, how about yourself? Yes, not too bad. Thank you. We're joined by our co-host today, Tom. And Tom is a pupil at Technowood Special School in Wolverhampton. Technowood School is a school for children and young adults with autism. And we've set up this podcast to provide our pupils with a fantastic opportunity to develop a range of skills whilst interviewing top sportsmen and women from a variety of different sports. How are you this week, Tom? Uh, Good, thanks. Yeah. Joining us today on the TWS Sports Podcast is a former Welsh rugby player. He's played in two World Cups and a number of Six Nation tournaments. Welcome to the podcast, Alex Popham. Hello, thanks for having me. No problem, thank you so much for joining us. What have you been up to this week, Alex? Oh, this week, well, it was my, my youngest daughter's third birthday yesterday, so uh, it was a, a fun day for her. Um, training hard. Um, I'm just about to go on a, a, a sea swim this afternoon, so I've, I've signed up to, to do an Ironman. So I've got to yeah tra- train quite hard every day. I give my myself one day off a week, so uh, it's only the start of the week. But uh, yeah, I've got a full week of uh, of hard training. Right. So an Ironman, what does that consist of? Well, it, it's um, a 2.4 mile sea swim. 112 mile bike ride and a marathon uh, all in in one event but i'm not a swimmer i've been i enjoy cycling now since finishing playing and i didn't really enjoy going on long runs while i was playing so <laughs> it's a it's a it's because rugby's more speed endurance stop start explosive power so getting back into running again has, has been quite difficult but i've set myself i'm going to do the ironman hopefully in Tembe in September 2022. 
So I this year given myself four events, uh, each one building up the distance and finishing in September with a half Ironman, and that gives me a good base then for the following year, following season, triathlon season to hopefully be able to complete a, a full Ironman. But for me, with it from being a professional rugby player, it it's good to have that um, uh, discipline. Uh, in in my life, but also structure as well uh, with my training, with my diet and, and everything else then fits around it. But uh, it definitely helps me day to day having being planned and having uh, sessions uh, yeah. in my diary to do. What uh, about you, Nigel? You're into your Berlin. Fan, ever fancy an Ironman? Absolutely not. It involves <laughs> swimming, Adam, and I am a lazy swimmer. So I'm right with you, with the, uh, Alex, with the swimming. I hate swimming. Oh. Yeah, yeah. cycling. Uh, I think I can just about do the running. Yeah, although a, a whole marathon—that's that seems. I mean, I've done a half marathon, and the thought of only being halfway through. Yeah, you know, how often yeah. after a half marathon, the thought of only being halfway through to, uh, to completing a full marathon—it it doesn't bear thinking about. So yeah, oh. hats off to you, uh, Alex. Uh, there's no. Oh, way well, I, yeah, I haven't. I haven't completed it yet, but it's it's a it's a goal. It's a target, and I'm not looking at. I've got to do it in this time or that time. It's just complete it and and i've got i think it's 17 hours to complete it even if uh you've got yeah so um i just want to be at a level of fitness that um i can enjoy the day Mm -hmm. uh, because the atmosphere down in tenby there's thousands of people in support down there they sing the national anthem before you start the swim at seven o'clock in the morning and it's and i've watched the videos it's like being in the stadium uh, with uh, everyone singing the Welsh national anthem, so uh, yeah, for 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 me, it's uh, it's a challenge, but uh, I'm not putting too much pressure on myself. On I've got to do it in this time or that time. Looking back at your childhood, who were your sporting heroes, and did you always want to be a rugby player? Um, well, sporting heroes were most probably all rugby players I'd say apart from maybe Muhammad Ali um, but yes Scott Quinnell Yian Evans Scott Gibbs um, yeah mostly Welsh rugby players uh, one one mistake looking back on my childhood um, it was all about rugby and I wish I played other sports because there's skills that you pick up in other sports that would have been useful for rugby Later on in my career as a number eight, they wanted me to hang back in the backfield and play like a fullback. So you would have to be good under the high ball. But I was bloody terrible under the high ball. <laughs> and if I if if I had played cricket in school or took cricket seriously, I would have been a lot better at yeah. catching those those high balls. So um, yeah, heroes for me um, were were those every every. Saturday morning, it was. I, I doubt you would know what a, a VHS <laughs> uh, videotape was, but I used to run down in the morning, watch 101 best tries on a on a Saturday morning, and yeah, rug, rugby was my my life from the age of four. Um, if we can take you back to kind of the start of your career, so I'm I'm from Newport, South Wales originally, and I know you you started your career career at Newport, and you played with some some top players: Gary Teichman, Rod Snow, Shane Harris, Ian Goff. Percy Montgomery, who are all kind of really big names at, at club level. What was it like playing for Newport? What are your kind of memories of that time? Um, yeah, it was it was it was a strange one because 
my I played for Newport High School Old Boys from the age of four to seventeen, and then got asked to go across to Newport Youth. Um, had a season at Newport Youth, and then the seniors weren't very good, so I got pulled into the first team uh, alongside Matthew J Watkins, and I played or was involved in thirty-one games and only won one game. <laughs> so it was it was a hard apprenticeship for me. Um, we should have been relegated, but Aberavon didn't have the correct facilities to come up, so we stayed in the Premiership. That following season, the superstars you just mentioned got pulled into to Newport, and yeah, it was just chalk and cheese from one season to the next. Um, we ended up winning the Power Gen Cup uh, with Newport and just playing with players who were international level uh, and superstars definitely rubbed off on you when you wanted to emulate what they had done and pushed you and made you train harder so yeah it was a great experience as a 18 19 year old mixing with these guys who you you called your friends where 12 months previous you were watching them play for their international teams and in all really so um yeah some people when when mixing with and training and playing with people like that it it gets to them and puts them off their game I think I went into it uh, with with open eyes and was really excited by the opportunity and, and took it with both hands. What is your opinion on club rugby, especially in Wales at the moment? It seems like there is a big difference in club rugby compared to international rugby in terms of fans, popularity, etc. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, the, the regional game in Wales for the last, I don't know, five, six, six years hasn't been the best. Fans are, uh, are not turning up and it's disappointing. Um, hopefully next year with the, the new South African teams coming into it, uh, it's going to uplift the, the, the standards of the, of the rugby, but also the crowds and make it difficult place for the away teams to, to play in because that's what Wales has always been famous for. Um, and having hostile crowds uh, for the English, the French, the the, the teams from uh, from different countries coming down to places like uh, um, Stradley Park when I played at Clatley down there, and, and an intimidating place to play. So fingers crossed uh, that that happens. And and yeah, it's, it's it's a strange one because we we've even over the last six years we've then performed to a high level at international level even with there were teams not getting into the knockout stages uh of Europe or 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 the league pushing for for title honors. Scarlet's won a maybe three years ago, four years ago, but it's not consistent. So hopefully uh with those teams the support comes back and we get our regions doing well again in all in all competitions. Yeah, because you get like in the Six Nations even friendlies, you get eighty thousand fans of the principality hundreds of thousands down Queen Street in Cardiff. So the, the popularity of rugby is obviously there in Wales. It's just not quite transferring to the to the Dragons, to the Blues at the moment, is it? Yeah, but you want you want to be watching winning winning teams, winning products. And um yeah, it's I think once you've got on that uh, and also wanting to see superstars um from other countries and other teams coming to to play at home grounds. So I think with the South African teams coming in, um, some big, big names there, 
what the Irish provinces do very well and they look after their players is the the week-to-week games. Not all the superstars are playing. They're looked after. And it's only when they get to the knockout stages, your Johnny Sexton's come back and they're not playing week-to-week. So hopefully now with, with the superstars Wales uh, regions pushing and, and, and doing well we can get the crowds up at uh, all four regions After a few years you moved to Leeds and you won the Power Gen Cup in 2005 being Bath to 2012 what was that like to win a major trophy at, at club level? So this is where uh, with with my um my my memory of my actual playing days are I haven't got actual memories of them. Yeah. Um, I I know things have happened. I know teams that I've played for. I know we won the Power Gen. So obviously, it was an amazing to be part of that uh, season at Leeds, winning uh, winning the Power Gen Cup against Bath. But actually being there, I haven't got those memories, unfortunately. So. Yeah, it was it was it was a great uh, thing to be part of, and great for the club, and and great to have the jersey down on on the wall downstairs. Um, but unfortunately, I don't don't have the vivid memories of of being there and and what those feelings were like. So if we we'll come on to it further on into the podcast as well. But just a quick question while you mention it: the things that so if you watch the game back now, do they bring back memories or or, or not? No, um, I haven't watched that game back, but. I watched my last game for Wales in 2008. We played England and it was the first game in the the Grand Slam year. Uh, At the start of lockdown, they replayed it on BBC Wales and it was as if I was watching it for the first time. So again, I got my jersey downstairs. I got the winner's medal over the jersey. Um, But yeah, it was as if somebody else was playing. So we would like to share some of the fantastic messages that we have received. Our first one comes from Michael in Devon, who who says, amazing podcast, lads. It is so great hearing the sportsmen and women speak about the career. Tom and Thomas, you make brilliant hosts. Keep up the great work. So, Alex, you made your international debut in 2003 against Australia. Can you recall what it was like that sort of feeling of being called uh, to play for Wales? It's, it's, in Wales, it's every boy's dream, or it was definitely my dream to, to play for Wales from a from a young age. Like I said, I started playing when I was four. Um, I played all the way uh, representatives up until the age of 21. I actually got on the bench for the seniors when I was 19, um, but didn't get on. And that was in 99, 99-2000. I can't remember exactly, but didn't get on the field to get my cap. And it wasn't for another three years um, to to be selected to, to play Australia. And that was before the 2003 World Cup. So when, and, and in that time of not getting cap from getting on the bench, I thought had my, my chance gone um, yeah. and was, yeah, had I, had I missed the boat. Uh, so actually getting presented with my with my cap uh, was uh, was a yeah uh, all my all, all my dreams come come true and yeah it was uh, a special moment for for me and my family. 
You played in the 2003 Rugby World Cup in Australia and the 2007 World Cup in France. What was it like to play in a World Cup? For me, the most enjoyable was um, Australia, just because we were over there for the, the full eight weeks. I think we were away. I can't remember exactly how long we were away, but it was all in one country. We were traveling around Australia. Australia is a, an amazing country. And um, the 2007, even though we didn't get past the group stages, uh, it was back and forth to Wales uh, to play games. So it didn't real, really feel like, uh, even though it was a World Cup, because you were playing at home, you were seeing your family, you were seeing your friends. Uh, it was a, yeah, what wasn't for me as enjoyable as the Australia. But um, again, when you play in a World Cup, you get presented with a World Cup cap. So I've got the, the, the caps downstairs with Australia 03 and uh, France 07. And yeah, just just uh, nice to, to be able to say that you took part in two World Cups. So looking at, at Wales kind of more recently, I think the last two World Cups, um, again, I might be wrong, was it the semi-final? They got, they got knocked out by France a few years ago and South Africa was in the last World Cup. Yeah, the last World Cup they lost to South Africa in the semis. And then wasn't it France um, the year before? Wasn't it with Sam Warburton got sent off? Um, I think that was the one before that. But yeah, they've done very well in in, in World Cups. Do you think what? Do you think maybe the next World Cup or the World Cup after a Wales just close to to win it or even reach the final? I, I think those. I mean, we got with the, under the Gatland regime. Wales have done really well and punch well above their their weight with the the number of players that play in Wales and I think if we're consistently playing at that level what why not I think we've got a, a great great squad of players the strength in depth is a is a lot better and those games are so marginal uh that um yeah we we're definitely in with a with a shout um for for, for the next World Cup in in France again so yeah, it's 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 good for Wales. Wales uh, um, won that won the Six Nations this year. They had a Grand Slam a, a couple of previous uh, years before before that. We, we're performing well consistently now on on the on the world stage. But it, 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 those, those type of games when you've got everybody uh, looking to perform for. The, the semis and the final, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but uh, we'll definitely be in with, with a shout. You said that Wales punched above their weights uh, in the World Cups. What is it about Wales that sort of allows them to get, you know, pull out that extra little extra bit, uh, bit in their performances? Well, I um, I know what they've done under Gatland. They're, they're one of the fittest teams in the world. They train, train very, very hard to get up to the level to be able to form consistently against the the big nations. Um, I think as, and I'm going to talk for me as a player, Wales usually are the underdog. Put those, because of that reason, put the, the extra couple of percent in that makes the difference to uh, win a tackle, win a ruck, win a more, and all those added together. We make a very difficult team to play against. Yeah. People don't like playing against Wales. You must have some great stories from playing in those World Cups. Do you have any funny stories to tell us? Ugh, 
I don't know. But um, <laughs> can be uh, <laughs> he said he said on a um, we, can, we can beep some bits out. Um, I, I can't think off the top of my I can't think <laughs> off the top of my mind. My mind's gone blank. Sorry. No, 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 appropriate. No. What about looking at kind of any pranks or anything then at club level or any any? Pranks? Oh yeah, no we. I've got I've got one from the 2007 World Cup. We we were based in 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 this this, this is funny with things that stick in my well that I can remember and I can't remember any anything about playing and, and things like that. But we were based in Nantes in the 2007 World Cup, and we were we had these like apartments and we had the day off. That we went off and did golf, and boys went down the beach. But before leaving, in our complex where we were staying, there were there were goats walking around, and we put one of the goats in Mark Jones's bedroom. Uh, I think we put two two in there, um, and they weren't big goats; they were only miniature ones. But we were out for eight, twelve hours. And when the time we came back, there were holes in his wardrobe. There was <laughs> mess everywhere, poo, and uh, and yeah, uh, he, he wasn't too happy uh, with with us doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the tabloids would have had a field day with the headlines with uh, finding with two goats in his room. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's got out before. I think it's. Uh, I think Dwayne Peel was part of it, and. Uh, yeah, it's told the story before, but yeah, that was that was good fun. You won the Six Nations Grand Slam with Wales in 2008. Is that the highlight of your career? Obviously, yeah, winning a Grand Slam and being part of a, a Grand Slam, a Grand Slam squad is is again what what you dream as a, as a boy. Um, but most probably, getting my first cap was either that or being asked that. Um, they were going to do a grog of me, or they did a grog of me. So I collect grogs. I don't know if you know what grogs are. <laughs> no um, idea what a grog is. A grog is uh, a miniature figure caricature of yourself that they, right. it, they, the 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 artist uh, in Pontypridd <laughs> spends ten weeks carving this mold of yourself. Um, and I used to collect them as a child people uh, who I looked up to. So I've got Scott Quinnell's downstairs, Yian Evans. Um, and then when they ask you that they're going to do one of you, and not every international has one, um, that that was a, a, a big, big uh, day for me, uh, alongside most probably uh, getting my first cap. So they're the fondest memories. And I didn't get, I didn't get picked for the last Grand Slam game, so, uh, <laughs> but we're still involved. How did you mentally prepare yourself for a game? Um, I did a lot of, and I still do it now with visualization, um, visualizing me playing well, going through different scenarios, and it was always me coming out top, positive thinking. I'm a big positive person uh, in ev- anything that I do in life, and it was all about that mindset. And if a negative thought came in my head, just try and push it out as quickly as possible and not let allow that to to snowball so yeah all about visualization for me uh, we spoke to a few rugby players um on the podcast so far and they all seem to have very strange superstitions before before a game was there yeah. any superstitions for a game or 
Any of your teammates? Um, no, j- just magpies. If I saw magpies, <laughs> and it's from my 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 granddad's. Um, I would, yeah. If I saw one magpie, I'd be looking for the other one. I'd be running up the bus <laughs> trying to see if I could see see two magpies. I always um, employ the five minute ruler, Alex. If you see one magpie, you've learned to see another one within five minutes, and that counts as two, and you find yeah. I even this is I even before one game only saw one magpie and didn't play that well. So then I took a photo of two magpies, and if I only saw <laughs> one magpie, I would look at this photo on my phone to see the two magpies. <laughs> that's how bad it got for me apparently <laughs> if you see one magpie magpie if you tell it it looks gorgeous you'll be fine as well so i always make oh, sure okay. if i see a magpie i always say you're looking very gorgeous today <laughs> mr magpie <laughs> or mrs magpie Empire. it's bonkers isn't it the thing it really is know. yeah but it's, it's something i find myself doing <laughs> yeah i salute them i salute them so so we have behind us today from surprise shirts. We have a Alaves shirt from La Liga. So Nigel, what's your fact about Alaves today? Okay, so they were founded in 1920. They had uh, they were originally called Sport Friends, but they also reached the 2001 UEFA Cup final, losing five four to Liverpool by the Golden Goal. Must have been a hell of a master, was that? It would have been yeah. four all going into extra time. Golden Blimey. Mm-hmm. so if you want to have a look at their website it's www.surpriseshirts.co.uk and they'll send you a mystery shirt from, from any team in the world so go and check them out um, Alex we've got a question from a listener who's got in touch with the podcast and if anyone wants to get in touch with us with a question for a guest or a story to tell us then please email twssportspodcast.hotmail.com but our question today Alex is do you think more needs to be done by the RFU to make the game of rugby safer? And if so, what can they do? <laughs> this is a yeah, hot topic at the moment. And yes, definitely there's more that can be done. Um, not just the RFU, World Rugby, WIU, all the governing bodies. Um, I think the game on a Saturday is as safe as it can be. I think they're doing a lot around the game on a Saturday, but things that we want to change uh, uh, during the week. So we want to look at uh, the amount of contact players do in training. Uh, The NFL reduced the amount of contact they do 11 years ago. We still haven't done that. So, uh, well, it's not governed. It's not policed. So the NFL, an NFL player with contact training, with playing games, with getting to the grand final, uh, would be involved between 30 and 40 days of contact per year. There's still players playing professional rugby union who were involved with 220 to 240 days of contact. That is just just ridiculous. So that volume uh, needs to come down. Uh, MOTs for players. So like boxers every year have got to go through an annual medical. Included in that is a brain scan. Um, We want that for, for professional players that when they sign their first contract, they get baseline tested. And then all these tests are done annually to see if any damage was done uh, from from the the previous season, we would love these smart protect gum shields used for all players. Harlequin used them uh, this year, um, or yeah, maybe nine months ago started using. And from using those, they've reduced the amount of contact they do by seventy percent in training, which is huge and had a massive turnaround for them this season with winning the Premiership uh, final. Why are they, Alex? I've not heard them before. 
Um, so Protect Gum Shields, is a, there are other ones out there, but I believe this is the best because it's live um, feedback from any collisions get reported to an independent uh, person who works for the Gum Shield Company who um, would pick up a bump. 23% of the bumps that picked up are aren't, aren't uh, and the, the, a person to the naked eye or a camera couldn't pick it up. So there are bumps at the bottom of rucks. Um, and I just think it would make it the game a, a hell of a lot safer um, going forward in games and, and, in, and in training. Like I said, they, they've reduced their contact by 70% because of using them. They've got a larger squad to choose from because players are becoming injured in training. Uh, and they and they've ended up winning the the Premiership. It's not just down to that, but it's a big co- contributor. And the boys, since using them, are good friends with Danny Kerr. Uh, he said it's the best thing they've they've brought in this year. Has there been improvements over the last few years? Is, is it moving in the right direction? You say it, it, it has. Uh, well, it is moving in the right direction. But this knowledge has been out there for years. But um, it's only now that uh, things. Uh, are getting or are going in the right direction, but there's definitely more uh, to be done. I don't know if you watched the Premiership final a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Luke Cowan Dickey got sparkled, KO'd, was out cold for about a minute on the floor, and he played seven days later for the Lions. Um, so we that was the other thing we want the return play protocols at the moment uh, are six days. So you could get KO'd like uh, Luke Kerr and Dickey did and then play six days later. Um, we want that increase to what it used to be uh, to 21 days minimum. Yeah. Um, just to give the, the brain enough time to, to rest. If you could have dinner with three people, who would they be and why? Um, this is my, actually, this is my wife's interview question. She she owns a recruitment company and she said... Uh, <laughs> That's one of her final questions. Um, for me, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Winston Churchill, and James Corden, um, because I think there'll be some yeah good good history there, um, and James Corden could make us all laugh and uh, and maybe do a sing song as well. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that'll be a, a, an interesting evening. I think Muhammad Ali would have some great stories as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if, how much you know about about boxing, but how how are boxing doing? Yeah. Do you know what they're doing to support there? Is there anything that can be? Well, what, 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 one one that, again, CTE probable CTE. What what I've been diagnosed with has been known about in boxing for 70, 80 years, uh, and they put things in place to make it as safe as possible. So they have the annual uh, scans. If a player, if a fighter gets KO'd. They don't fight for six months. How can a rugby player perform seven days later? That is just in, insane. Um, in training, they don't get punched in the head that often. They try and avoid when they're sparring. Uh, that doesn't happen that often. Um, it's a lot. A lot of their work that they do is avoiding punches and not being punched in the head with rugby. It's part of the game, but we do too much of that during the week, too much contact. Yeah. I think you can still work on your defence uh, without actually doing uh, co- co- making contact. Um, a friend of mine, Roger Wilson, 
who used to play for uh, Ulster, Northampton and Ireland. He's now an NFL defensive coach and 95% of his sessions have no contact whatsoever. It's all about drills, getting your feet in the right position, but actually not making the contact, which which is causing the damage to, to players' brains. Do you think there's a, a case for a protective headwear being compulsory for it, it doesn't uh, it, it would it would affect it would help with cuts and things like that but yeah. the brain still rattles around in the skull um there's still there's a gap between the brain and the skull which with whiplash effect and impact it doesn't affect the uh, or protect the brain anymore if you wear one or or you don't wear one um but there are some studies with kids who wear them think they are being protected um, and, and and fly in with a head because they've got it on. So yeah, and um, they think they think they're superhuman wearing them. Right. Okay. Um, so just coming on to it then. So in April 2020, you were diagnosed with early onset dementia. What sort of things, Alex? Maybe prompted you to seek support, or prompted you maybe get a diagnosis? Um, there was just different symptoms I was suffering with, but I was putting it down to stress with work and and things like that, and trying to push it back so uh, short-term memory concentration mixing my words up forgetting the words with certain things um losing my temper over something that wouldn't really bother me before um and my wife was for a couple of months before going to the doctors was trying to get me to go and i was like no i'm fine i'm fine and then i got lost on a bike ride uh, and it's a loop i i've done many times and came back from that and spoke to Mel, my wife, and was like, that, that really scared me. And then the following day, went to my GPs, and, and that's where the, the testing started. You and your wife have recently set up a charity, Head for Change. Can you tell us a little bit about that charity? Um, so Head for Change is a foundation that supports players and their families, because when I had the diagnosis, there was nothing out there for a 40-year-old um, on how to tell children, your children, that dad's got dementia um, and any other support. So that's where the, the idea came from. And then we got it put in contact with a wonderful woman called Judith Gates, whose husband, Bill Gates, um, played for Middlesbrough, um, has got the same um, condition as me. And we partnered with football to be able to, um, there's three key areas um so support care and support for families and and the players uh, education and i say education 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 because that for me is the the most important thing for from grassroots all the way up to the senior game and that's everybody involved in it from coaches referees parents everybody to, to take this seriously and recognize what what's going on we want to bring in a, a qualification that people go through at the moment when you do your coaching badges in both rugby and football it's read this paragraph on concussion and then you can go out and and and, and train and coach people but we want to bring in like similar to a, a, a when you do your driving theory test that if you don't pass it you can't go on to the next level and do your your actual practical test so we want to make it very strict and, and keep updating that for for coaches so they're they're ahead of the game and, and know what the, the situation um, is when when that's put in, in, in front of them and, and to take it seriously and pull the uh, the players off the pitch. That's got, going back then also to the smart gum shields. 
we want those to be used uh, for for amateurs and and kids as well because I think uh, um, it'll make it a lot safer. And the plan with those passports is uh, at the moment you've got a coach or a teacher in school looking after forty kids, and at the moment it's very difficult for one coach to to see if any of those have had a bump, but with the gum shield, they will get a message straight to their phone to say, Johnny's had a hit on the head. You need to take him off. Um, but at the same time, that message would go to his parents and any other teams that he's involved with in school or out of school. So they're aware of the situation because quite a few times what happens is a kid gets a bump in football and then on the Sunday goes to play for his rugby team and the coach is unaware of what's happened in school. So I think that'll be really smart if, uh, if we can get things like that involved, I've gone off on a on a tangent there. But for for, for setting up head for change, it was all about putting things uh, to help players, their their, their family that wasn't existing uh, when I had my diagnosis, um, and putting information uh, on a, on our website to signpost people to and help them day to day. Really, do you see since kind of the last few years? this has become more more public. Do you see more players, either present players or retiring players, coming forward with with what you've gone through? Uh, yeah, it's... it's, And that that was um, the, the... Not the, the dilemma I was... I had when I had my diagnosis, but Mel and I hadn't spoken to anybody. It was only Mel and I dealing with this. And I just thought to myself, I wonder how many other players are in the same situation as myself um, and that's where I started talking to players and there was about 15 players at the time going through testing now there's over 350 in the UK um, a lot more in or more in France more in Australia more in New Zealand and yeah it just uh, the tip of the iceberg really and uh, yeah it's, it's better uh, for, for people to talk about it get diagnosed and you, you, you know then the reason why these certain symptoms are happening uh, is for from, 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 from rugby, but it's better definitely knowing because I've put things in place now, coping strategies that help me. For our listeners, Alex, could you tell us what the website is for your Head for Change charity? So it's www.headforchange.org.uk. Sorry, but also sign up for our newsletter. Uh, get involved in any fundraising events that we're we're doing. Um, yeah, um, the more the merrier. I would just like to say a big thank you again to everyone who listens to our podcast. We really appreciate it. And please continue to leave reviews and pass on your podcast to all of your friends and family. Thank you so much, Alex, for taking the time to chat with us today. We really enjoyed speaking with you and it means so much to us as a school to be able to have the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank no you, problem Alex. at all. No worries. Thank, thank you. you for having really, me. Really appreciate it's been a pleasure, Alex. Thank you. Our TWS Sports Podcast will be released every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. The TWS Sports Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast streaming apps. Thank you so much for joining us, Alex, and thanks, lads, and see you next week. The TWS Sports Podcast combines autism and sport. This unique podcast is hosted by children with autism, and each week they interview famous sportsmen and women from around the world. The TWS Sports Podcast takes you deep into the sports star's career. 
their highs and lows, what happens away from the field of play, and so much more. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. The TWS Sports Podcast, where autism and sports combine. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.